0: And welcome to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, I like talking about good books, especially ones that make a difference and have a great subject matter to talk about and change lives. And my guest has one that is no exception, our very own Salem Media Group Director of Local Programming and Director of Fundraisers, Terry Harris. He's on the show with me today to talk about his book, Cynthia's Dance. Hey, Terry, thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you, Noah blessing blessing
0: to be with you brother oh it is a blessing to have you well i got this email from our gm about a great book that was coming out that you wrote cynthia's dance it's christian fiction but it's also very pro-life in a way without actually calling it that the story is amazing i'm one chapter in and i know i need to finish it as soon as possible gripping with emotion every step of the way and also posing along the way And I imagine there's more in store. Some very important, deep questions to myself, to the reader, like, what have we done to cause this? What didn't we do to cause this from a spiritual perspective? Terry, tell us about how the book starts and why it's so important to you.
1: Cynthia's Dance is a story about a girl who never had the chance to be born, but she has... A desire to meet her parents and is given that gift to travel from heaven to earth and to walk a journey of faith in search of her parents. Where while she's here, she meets different people and brings healing into their lives and even meets the man she would have married. And eventually she does discover her parents but it's a difficult journey for her at times. And as we would say a fetus lost in the womb that goes into heaven, um, they know nothing about the pain, about the journey of faith and whatnot, but they do know about the king. And what happens for her is when she's given the right to be able to come to earth, She doesn't know what she's in store for. And so we get to live her journey out, her journey of faith, as she walks through life for the first time as a young woman, 25 years old. It's important to me, Noah, because we know God has a heart for the unborn. Hmm. But what he also has a heart for is the mother of the unborn. And that's what's so important.
0: Terry, what's the inspiration from your own heart, from your own life, to write on a subject matter such as this for a book like Cynthia's Dance?
1: Well, the subject matter is personal. You know, um, my wife and I personally lost three babies. We had a wonderful, we were born, uh, married in 2000, had our firstborn born in uh, 2002. And in 2004, we had our precious daughter, Gracie. It took a year or so off thought about, oh, you know, my wife really felt compelled to have a third, and we did conceive around late 2006, early 2007, and in 2007, we experienced our first loss, our first miscarry. They called it a blighted ovum, and it was kind of one of those things where it was earlier in the pregnancy. We knew that we were pregnant, I hadn't got to the point where we were naming the child yet, but... You know it, it we our hearts weren't sunk into that baby because it, it, it all happened so quick. so we just kind of you know, I hate to use the word but kind of moved on dismissed it mm-hmm. And so we took a little bit of time and uh, got pregnant again and we carried baby Joey. we were pregnant long enough to know we're pregnant, it's a boy, it's a healthy chromosome, and then around 10 weeks, ten and a half weeks we lost baby Joey. Mm-hmm that one devastated my wife. She started doubting herself when what was wrong with her. Why couldn't she carry a baby? And so she turned from 39 to 40 at that time, and we weren't really paying attention to that and the differences in her body. And then we got pregnant again in 2009. We carried baby Angela, who my daughter Gracie named, and we carried her a good 11 weeks and then we lost her to Turner Syndrome. My daughter, who was about four and a half, five years old, just devastated, just devastated. And I watched her grieve. It was in 2009 that I was standing in the office speaking with my wife about it. And I had pulled off the shelf of my book, my bookshelf some notes that I had started. The stories called Cynthia's Dance some many years before. And suddenly it hit me. Wait a minute, what if Cynthia, this character, Cynthia was a girl who never had the chance to be born, but she gets the opportunity, she gets the glimpse of life to be able to come down and meet her parents and bring healing to her mother. And that's when the story was Truly conceived in my heart.
0: I imagine there was a lot of prayer that went into writing something because you obviously want to, you know, be very honest to the subject material with what's going on, things that have a possibility of maybe happening, even though it's fiction. And as I read the story early on, especially from Madeline's perspective, you can see that you've experienced this, that your wife has experienced this because you read the raw emotion coming from her and the self-doubt that she's having and all the different emotions that she's experiencing. And it's very overwhelming, even for the reader, but in a good way, because you come off thinking about, wow, this is something I would I would never want to experience. It's absolutely horrific.
1: There was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of prayer. In fact, I... I think almost every time I opened my iPad to write, I would basically say, Lord, help me take the next step. There were times of anxiety. Um, I had never written a novel before. and, and here's the <laughs> time. I was just going to write this for my kids and just do a real quick short story, like a 100 pages. Oh, okay. And it ended up being 18 chapters and 325 pages long. And I had never written a novel. Done some writing back in the 90s. I wrote some plays at Swindoll's Church, Chuck Swindoll's Church, and Paul back when he was here in California, and stuff like that, but never written a novel, and it was prayer that carried me through it. And you'll sense it. As you read the story, Noah, you'll be completely surprised by things that happen, and how they happen, and yet you know in your heart, man, this is true. This is almost like it could be someone's real life experience
0: it's funny that you say that too because there's one thing that i know is there, there's so much in the bible so many it's, you know it, it's a great roadmap for how we should live our lives there's also a lot that's not said in the bible and we really don't know how it plays out so the possibility of something like this i imagine is quite real even if we don't maybe get it exactly you know spot on
1: yes that's why we call it a christian fantasy yep and I did have some experts who are known Christian writers and editors in the field. Uh, when I went to them and I was nervous about this being exactly right this, they go, Terry, you're in Christian fantasy. <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah. As long as it's within the reality. And that made it fun, too. Because then I got to think when you go into chapter two and you go into heaven and you see where babies go. Yeah, because we know they don't just float around. We know that there's a soul inside them, and therefore they are immediately ushered into the presence of the King forever and ever. And then you wonder, well, does it maybe float around heaven? Does it, you know, does that look like an egg? Like, you know, what is it? And so I just kind of just took it and said, wait a minute, I think God would do this. And 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 I and as you get into heaven, you go, wow. This is what it could look like. This is what it should be like. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, I bet it is. A lot is. of fun to have that kind of unrestraining license. And you know, now just even reading chapter one, you can feel that there's biblical parameters, and all through it, I stay within biblical parameters.
0: Good. That's and
1: pretty a... conservatively, too.
0: That's, that's, very, yeah. that's very, very so, important.
1: Yeah. It, it, it was important to me to remain biblically accurate.
0: While still having fun along the way like you said and you know the one thing I've always said my good Christian mentor of mine always told me this create the most spectacular version of heaven in your head whatever you think that would be and still no matter what that is it's infinitely going to be so much more than that. Yes.
1: One of the comments that I got first uh, from one of the first readers of my wife's Uh, Moms in Prayer group was, I now appreciate my King in a whole new way. Sure. I have never really under looked at him and my relationship with him from this standpoint. Thank you. That's what I wanted. Whether or not someone has lost a child, they can still be blessed by this. Because I think all of us, whether directly we lost a child or indirectly, we know someone who has lost a child. And man, I can't tell you of a better Mother's Day gift or a gift beyond Mother's Day that really would warm someone's heart, bring healing, maybe even some healing tears to them, and allow God. My whole prayer has been that God would speak to people in a way that they don't expect and would draw near to, to Him in ways that they never imagined. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Terry Harris is with us right here on Across the County, brand new book, Cynthia's Dance. You can check it out, find out about it, and also get your own copy at Cynthia'sDance.com. What other issues besides, Terry, what we've talked about, come front and center as the reader progresses through the book? Are there certain thoughts that by the end of the read, you hope that someone comes away with?
1: Oh, (laughs) no, man. God had me open the door for every kind of ministry <laughs> related to this as you can imagine i mean we within the confines of the story adoption uh is a big part we even get to touch on abortion i had written the story it was done i was having another friend read it and i was getting ready to do some editing and i said well the one area i really didn't get touch on is abortion and when i drove away from that meeting god suddenly showed me in my mind Here's where you can introduce them. Here's how these can pay off. So abortion is even touched. Wow! Um, uh, learning who our ancestors are, um, and all kinds of child care, caring for the homeless, feeding the homeless. I mean, it's all there. It, it's people will be surprised by the amount of. Ministry opportunities that are presented through a simple story.
0: Well, and like you said, there's so you know there's so much in there that even if you haven't lost a child per se, there's some aspect of this story I think that everybody's going to relate to. Yep. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, and I promise. I promise them, I promise him. It's gonna be a page turner for him. I promise
0: him. Yeah, I I'm on chapter one and it is definitely a page turner. I mean I had my cup of coffee this morning, which probably sped along the process quite nicely, but I, I mean I was just going through this at such a rapid pace, just craving more, and I imagine it continues to do so, opening up so many different thoughts and questions in your head as you read.
1: Yeah. You'll, be, you'll enjoy the ride. You really and you're going to be taken on a ride.
0: Terry, what's your favorite part of the writing process as a Christian, as a writer? Is there a, a part of it that really just you know, like, this is why I do it?
1: You know, I'm writing my second novel uh, right now, and it's called Moon Dance. And the fun part that I really notice that I look forward to is just being in the world with the characters, but within the confines of the story inspiring or hopefully inspiring readers to want to draw near to god i i wrote cynthia's dance with my daughter grace specifically in mind saying if i were to have a role model and paint the picture of a role model for my at that time 11 year old daughter now she's 15 what would that look like and that's who cynthia is
0: Mm. Is there a character in the story itself in Cynthia's dance that you relate to that maybe there's a bit of you, a bit of your personality, a bit of what you have had to deal with emotionally over the years that you, you know, were able to transcribe on the pages to?
1: Oh, that's
0: a great question.
1: Noah. I would say I'm probably a mixture of Danny and Bobby. Okay. Danny is the father. Yep. And Bobby is the young man that would have been her
0: husband. Tell you what I love, and I'm only a chapter in. And again, if this intrigues you, I suggest you go to Cynthia'sDance.com. But after they lose the baby, they lose Cynthia. They obviously go through a divorce, and it appears as the chapter ends that this isn't what Danny wants. Like he, it was almost she was the one that was putting her walls up, filed for the divorce, and he just kind of went along with it. Is that accurate?
1: It's pretty close accurate. It's it's that Danny is so um, disconnected with Madeline's true
0: emotional needs. Yeah, I got that, yeah.
1: Thinking that the the start of their relationship, which was, you know, the typical physical attraction, mm-hmm. and, and then him being the CEO of a amusement park called Ziggy's Island and her bringing fresh, fresh breath of air ideas to it. So the relationship is based on a business uh, thing that that's really attracted to him as a man. And so when she goes deep and wants to start thinking about putting all that aside for a child, it's a hard battle for him. And for a while, it looks like he's going to lose.
0: You even have that, that notion at the end of the first chapter that it, he realizes possibly what he lost and he, still, he wants to get her back one day. It seems like that's kind of being what's set up for the rest of the novel. Exactly. Mm.
1: And that's how the Lord led me to keep them together.
0: But still, apart. Sure,
1: I love it's a wonderful life. Whole world takes place in this little town.
0: Mm. Even beyond Christmas, it's one of my favorite movies, Terry.
1: And and Back to the Future, the whole world takes place in this little town called Hill Valley. That's what I wanted to do. I I wanted to keep that.
0: You and I are on the same page as far as great movies go. I I could watch both of those things, you know, almost once a week and be perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. Speaking of movies, as I read the descriptiveness of the first chapter, again, I'm assuming this continues into the rest of the novel, it honestly reads to me like it would make a really good movie because I can visualize this all in my yep. head. Have you thought about this along the way that this might be a great Christian film someday?
1: Absolutely. I mean, here's the strange part back in the 90s, I was writing screenplays. Were you? And it's really weird. I was successful at Chucksville Dolls Church in writing plays. I did three of them. And my last one was a three night, uh, was a Christmas musical uh, that played three nights to about a thousand people. And then when I left that and went into the world of screenwriting, I started writing just, just plain old, I guess you'd call them secular stories. And I fumbled around. And I stumbled. And I went after one screenplay after another. And then I just put it all aside after I got married. And then when I, when all this came about, Cynthia Stanton lost her child, and then God gave me the idea, and then my wife finally says, In December of 2015, I think you should just start writing a story to her. Just start writing it. Um, suddenly, I knew the only thing I want to be when it comes to writing is a Christian writer. And, But when I write, I see everything visually. I describe it like a movie. And the first thing that I've got, even when I tell people about the story, because that's a movie, I want to see the movie, Madeline Carroll, uh, who was on the, the young, uh, girl romance. And I can only imagine she and I talked several times at NIB a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've been emailing each other back and forth. And first thing she said was when I told her about, it, she goes, that's a movie and I want to be in it. Wow. And so you're 100% right, dude. You are dialed in, man. Even after just one chapter, you, you got this thing down.
0: Yeah, high praise for a Madeline Carroll. There's lots of books out there that I've read. It's a great book, but it just doesn't transcribe visually into a movie. This one, right off the bat, you know, I can see the opening credits and, you know, how they started. As a film guy myself, seeing some of the camera angles, this works. I definitely see this mm. happening.
1: Yeah. So, yes, I am in discussion with a friend of mine about. Good. The,
0: Uh, Well, Cynthia'sdance.com, if they want to find out more about the novel, I know they're going to want to buy it because I'm recommending this to almost everyone I know. As we wrap up, Terry, talking about Cynthia's Dance, anything you'd like to say about what this writing process for the book has taught you, something more about the novel itself?
1: I really appreciate that question. I think it was a intimate relationship with Christ that was experiencing the most fun I had out of the whole process. The editing was really difficult for me, if I'll be transparent, Mm. but the two years of writing the story, um, even though there were times of unsureness and a little bit of anxiety, you know, I would walk out of the time of writing, or I would come home if I did a Starbucks or whatever, and I'd look at my wife from time to time and just smile, and she'd say, what are you smiling about? I say, I just feel God's pleasure. Mm. I just feel his pleasure. The movie Chariots of Fire back in 1980 or something like that, one, the main character says, when I run, I feel the pleasure of God, or I feel the pleasure of God when I run. And I, I know now what he was talking about. Mm. I felt God's pleasure in in this story. I felt like I was the one called to write it. I think he has something to say, not only about the unborn, but about the mother of the unborn. He has a huge heart. And the mother carries scars that only he understands. From the cross, he ministered to his mother. He knew he had a a mother watching her son die. She was gonna lose her son. And ultimately, his physical presence and for the rest of her life. And so he, from the cross, he ministered to her. So I know that the, the mother who has lost a child has got such a place, a close place in our king's leading heart. And he wants, and through this story, he brings the two together. And one, like I said, brings healing to the other. Mm. And it's transforming. It's, it's exhilarating to read and experience. And the best compliment anybody could give me on this is Terry. I think you heard the Lord, right? Mm. That's the best compliment because all credit, all consideration, all glory goes to him. It is his story. I really believe that. And so far the, the feedback that we're getting from people who have read it are Afford me that
0: 100%. Especially when you were writing this book, as you're writing it, you told me that, and the audience you're praying about how to go through it, how to write it, how to edit it, what to include in it. And if the answer to those prayers are from God, which obviously they are, when someone makes that compliment, it makes it probably the most important feedback you could possibly get. Exactly.
1: The the I what the, the reviews that excite me the most, which are coming through, is I feel closer to God. I never considered this. I was so touched. I feel healing. Whatever it is, that some verbal affirmation, indication that their relationship with God has just taken a step closer. That to me is the affirming that I heard His voice.
0: Mm. Amen to that. Last question, Terry, because I thought of it uh, as we were just discussing that last topic. Obviously, as you were writing, God told you what was supposed to be in the book. As you're editing, I imagine that's probably very nerve-wracking, because not only do you have to decide, but you have to also go off of the, the prayers that you've been receiving answers to, What's important? What's a little bit less important? How impactful is it going to be? Where in a regular, maybe even secular novel, editing is hard. Wow. In something like this, I can't even imagine how much exponentially that is making it on a very difficult level because you want to get it right.
1: You're you're 100% right, but what's amazing about this particular, what took so long was, I had originally written it in an ink in, from an omniscient point of view.
0: Okay. But
1: probably the book that I read the most is Scripture. And Scripture is all written from an omniscient point of view. Well, I didn't know it. I never wrote a novel before. So when I had some experts read it in the field of publishing, although other people really loved it, they were going, wait a minute, you, you can't do this. You can't do this omniscient. You're, you're, you're crossing, crossing lines here. Yeah. Like, what? And so I had to learn about that. But here's the amazing thing. As I went through the grueling process of the editing and hiring my publisher, independent publisher, freezing Blessed, to have an editor go through and start the process of moving it from an omniscient to a, a third-person singular point of view, nothing about what the story was truly about ever changed. What I felt I heard God say is still intact. The rest of it was just kind of the... Uh, shifting the point of view of how the scene was, is, is being told okay, or just where I was saying a little bit too much about it. And I, it just needed to be backed off a little bit. Yeah. To, sl- to either speed it up or slow down, whatever. But what you touched on, it, 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 it wasn't removed. Good. It, the prayer made the difference. The foundation and the themes and the relationships, all that remained. Two years of editing.
0: And I have to tell you, with what you went through, with certain things I've been through personally, I can tell our audience that when you don't pray about something, whether you're a new Christian, you're kind of hearing some of this stuff for the first time, when you don't pray about something, which does happen, you know, we're all human, you're not going to get the result that you want. When you want to have the best result, when you're really aiming for the stars and you pray about it, no matter what the answer is that God gives you, You're going to get there every single time. Yep, I agree. Terry Harris, thanks for coming on, man. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of this book. I promise I'm going to give you a review once I do because I just...
1: Awesome. Thank you now. It
0: is so impactful, I think, not just already on my life, but other people that are reading it. So bless you, man, for writing this book. And we'll have you back on maybe as more reviews pour in.
1: Thank you, sir. And yeah, they can find it at They can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And I'm so grateful for your time, for your heart. And thank you for, you know, taking the time to read you know, what you've read and, and, and the story. I, I, I really, truly appreciate that.
0: We have a lot more time on our hands with family, a lot more. If you really want to grab a hold of a great book to share it with your family, I recommend Cynthia's Dance. Again, as Terry said, Cynthia'sdance.com. You can get it on Amazon as well. Check it out. I promise you it will impact your life in some way. Terry Harris, we'll see you next time here on Across the County. I appreciate it, buddy.
1: Thank you, Noah.
0: Blessings.